medium-sized business with maybe a $20 million marketing budget certainly can run into issues aiming to track and attribute what marketing dollars actually brought in customers. But when you're managing $90 billion for global clients all over the world in terms of ad spend and you're working in every conceivable channel from Google AdWords to television to radio, print and beyond, things get a little bit more complicated. This week in the Tech Emergence Podcast, we have Josh Sutton, who's the Global Head of Data and Artificial Intelligence at Publicist Sapient. He joined Sapient back in their very early days when he was right out of MIT decades ago, and now he's leading this group for Publicist Sapient since Sapient's acquisition to Publicist, which is one of the largest sort of advertising managers in the world. Both companies were rather large at the time of the acquisition. Josh speaks with us this week about how Publicist works on managing and tracking and determining cohorts and attribution across way more channels than most advertisers probably ever have to deal with, and they have to do this for numerous clients. So what are the new ways that they're aiming to apply machine learning and deep learning to make sense of marketing data to spend marketing dollars more effectively? And that's exactly what we dive into today. So without further ado, Josh Sutton with Publicist Sapient. All right, so we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about the coffee shop background here, Josh. But yeah, the first question I want to be able to get into is around the basic dynamics of the shift in advertising and marketing. Uh, Publicist, obviously, one of the biggest advertising or kind of companies, agencies in the world. You guys are spending a lot of dollars in this space, and you're seeing the shift from the big idea and maybe more vague branding to much more targeted marketing. Put that dynamic in a nutshell for folks listening in. Yeah, so it's really an industry that's going through a massive transformation right now. The advertising industry has been relatively consistent for the better part of 50 years, going back to a lot of the original birth of the industry and the auto industry and people coming up with the big idea and concepts that were then played out through the year. What's happening as we get more and more data is very, very dramatic shift from putting out one big campaign to much more directed targeting, right person, right platform, the right moment to drive individual level behaviors within those people. So it's really a shift from segment driven and big idea driven to the individual and very specific messaging to that individual, which is, as you would expect, much more reliant on data, technology, and more and more artificial intelligence than it ever has been in the past. You can certainly, I mean, anybody can imagine why a a more targeted message would work compared to something more broad. Knowing a little bit about Google and Facebook and spending some dollars with those folks, I can understand a little bit of targeting in that domain, but obviously Publicist is handling radio, television, all these other types of media for big clients. How does attribution and specificity sort of make its way through some of those broader channels that that you folks are in charge of as well. So let me walk you through a little bit of what we've done and put a little bit of color behind it. We manage close to $90 billion worth of spend for our clients in the advertising space right now. And that is, as you said, across all channels, television, radio, broadcast. However, what we've started to look at is how do we really understand people at an individual level? So we collect data from pretty much every imaginable source you could think of. And as we become more and more an Internet of Things society where every movement is being tracked, every interaction is being tracked, we're capitalizing on aggregating all of that data into effectively a huge data lake that we can look at and then apply machine learning to to figure out 
what's actually driving behavior? And there's the old adage that I know that half my marketing is working and half isn't. I just don't know which yep. half. Yep, yep. What we're trying to do and what we are doing with machine learning right now is figuring out across those different touch points what is working and what isn't working. And that's as much a data problem as an artificial intelligence solution. Huh. So I can give you an example, actually, of just a simple thing that we did for a major airline. I'd love to. I want to make sure I have the right concept here, Josh. If I'm hearing you correctly as we talk about the airline, I love case studies. I love examples. This is going to be right, right sort of on the money here to, to ensure that I'm on the right page. We're talking about dialing in the response of various campaigns uh, across any conceivable advertising media and drinking in as much information as we can from, from the digital media space and maybe beyond to possibly understand uh, or, or let, let customer segments and responses tease themselves out of that data across all of these broad campaigns as opposed to saying, this is our avatar, here's who we're going to market to, this is our avatar, here's who we're going to market to. Am I hearing you correctly with that data lake notion? You are. So it goes from what historically had been let me create some personas or general perceptions of who I want to market to. Yes. To what we're striving to achieve, which is let me understand exactly who is and isn't looking at buying our product at an individual level. So rather than making a bunch of assumptions about who we're trying to sell to and who's actually responding to our advertising, we're able to look at the real individual level data to figure out scientifically what is working, what is not working, and oftentimes we're surprised by that. And it does create a lot of both insight into who we should be targeting for our customers, as well as more effective ways that we can spend their money. So very simplistically, if I'm trying to target people for a sports-related product, yep. I know that I can buy time on ESPN yep. or ads on ESPN.com. However, I might be able to reach that very same audience via much more cost-effective channels by understanding at the individual level what those people actually do on a day-to-day -day basis and what they look at. Yes. Okay. So instead of, you know, this almost goes to the big idea notion. I just want to make sure I'm on the same page because I, I think this is very curious. The big idea for, for marketing that you're going to run throughout the year, it's almost, I mean, coming up with a segment is almost a big idea. You know, you pull some of your customers, but at the end of the day, you're kind of painting a static picture and then you're going to market to that. What you're talking about is figuring out from your customers, from the responses of, of people who are really purchasing and engaging with that product, what literally defines them across channels, and then how can we access them? And maybe that's not the demographic you typically thought, and maybe there's weird little pockets that are hyper-responsive that nobody would have drawn a persona for. Um, is this what we're talking about? That is what we're talking about. And then as we look at it, so what we've just described there is really going from a hypothetical segment to targeting people at a true individual level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next piece of the equation, and this is where it gets really interesting with machine learning, is understanding across all the different ways that we can communicate with that person what does and doesn't drive response. So as we look at, I saw a billboard, I got an ad on my computer as I was looking at something, I saw this on TV, which of those individual things and which of those pieces in combination with each other are actually driving people to make purchase decisions. Yeah. And how we can adjust that on an ongoing basis in real time to actually make sure we're getting the right mix in front of individual people, which is increasingly becoming more and more important as even things that you think of as mass broadcast, like 
billboards and radio and television are actually becoming very addressable. So you can see in a household, you and I might be watching the exact same show and have two different commercials played for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so and and so that we're we're getting more channels to play with. You didn't have Snapchat a couple of years ago, right? I don't know which of your clients might market through that channel. I personally, I spent a decent amount of money on Facebook and Google, but not on Snapchat. But then you have these stodgy domains where now we can dial things in mm-hmm. and things actually are being calibratable. I'd love to talk about attribution. We can cover that later. You mentioned a particular application of this this broader notion in the airline space. What does this yeah. look like in real life, John? So let me give you a real life example of this. And this is really looking at the intersection of data with advanced analytics on top of it, and a little bit of machine learning on how people's behaviors shift. But for an airline, they were looking to figure out how they could optimize their media spend as it related to advertising on billboards. Very static, traditional means, and a very costly one for them. Yep. So we looked across the major hubs where they had operations in the United States, and actually looked at all the people that flew over a period of multiple months in those geographies, looked to the people that flew that airline exclusively, looked to the people that flew other airlines exclusively, kind of weeded them out because they were locked in from a loyalty point of view and were going to be very difficult to either switch over or they were already loyal customers. What we really wanted to focus on was the individuals that flew multiple airlines over that period of time because that was the target that they wanted to reach. The people that were spending money but weren't really committed to any particular airline. Yep, yep. So we were then able to use that segment that we created as kind of a bespoke group of people and identify behaviors about them, what routes they drove to the airport, what they typically watched on television, so that the airline could optimize where they deployed their spend for advertising to reach that specific group of individuals. And they were actually able to drive a reduction in their spend by over 15% of reaching that exact group that they wanted to reach. And now out of curiosity, is this is this uh, geo specific? In other words, someone a, a non loyal. Um, I guess you call them treating airlines as commodity people. Yes, this is great because you guys are targeting me, so I want to learn. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you find those folks. I I imagine maybe there was calibration between Chicago folks, San Francisco folks, Boston folks in that, or were we looking no, we're for actually, undercurrents and patterns across? We were actually looking at it geographically specific. Okay, and we actually had very different groups that we found in each geography that we wanted to target. So it's not trying to create a generalized persona. It really goes back to that. Yeah, yeah. I know the exact people I'm trying to reach. Yep. And within each geography, there's a different set of media that I can purchase to reach that audience best. If I'm uh, on the right page, when you said learn everything that we can about those people. So we've got, you know, we know what airlines they've flown during whatever period. We know that they're not, they don't really seem in the last six months to be very loyal at all. Clearly, we'll need additional information. I imagine there's ways to pull that from, like, the experience of the world and, and, and sort of the, the, the folks that, that really are collecting this stuff, or are there, there are other means through digital media. There's a lot to draw from here. It seems like a lot more than airlines. So we've, yes, we've set up partnerships with over 75 different companies that we aggregate data from. Got it. And we're very, very conscientious about it. We intentionally remove any personally identifiable information. So yep. I don't know that it's you. I just know that it's somebody that's behaving in a specific yep. way that has yep. a unique ID tied to it. Yep. But what we do is we aggregate all of those different data sources together to get a very comprehensive picture of the person from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. 
where physically are you, what are you looking at online, what yes. are you purchasing, all of these bits and pieces of information start to create a real person, not just a hypothetical persona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's one of the benefits of scale, I guess, right? You, know, you get to a certain level, you have access to a certain number of data sources, and now it permits you to connect the dots that you didn't even have the dots to connect. That's um, exactly right. Yeah, and okay. advertising is one of these great areas and one of the few areas where you have truly big data to play with. Oh, yeah. So when you think about oh, yeah. machine learning... We're finding out new things every day about what actually is driving behavior that we never would have anticipated yep. for each of our clients that we work with and help manage their advertising spend. I'm, I'm very bullish about machine learning and advertising for that reason. It's, it's so quantitative. There's so darn much of it. And it ties to top-line revenue. And, and unlike healthcare, we don't have all the gobbledygook of kind of fighting through the system. Yes. You know, a company's just going to be like, yep, that's how we'll spend it. Nobody gets to really tell us different, and you just get to go. And so there's, there's a lot of, uh, I think, I'm very excited for where the innovation will be in that space. From your perspective, Josh, you guys are a very large corporation. Obviously, publicists, I mean, you know, we're talking, we're talking about a, a big, big company. Sapient was as well, pre-acquisition, now you guys are even bigger. Do you see smaller players, like let's say five years in the future, do you see SMBs either accessing data pools of the sort that maybe not to the degree to which you folks do, but to some degree accessing, paying for data pools to enrich their information, or themselves maybe tapping into additional sources on a consistent basis to paint these more accurate customer pictures. Do you see this transferring to smaller business in the coming five years or so? I do, and I actually think that there's going to be an ecosystem of providers to help companies leverage that data and make better decisions about how they run their business. What we're doing right now is helping companies reach that audience. I think there's an entire another wave of business value to be created, which is helping companies understand their customers, what they care about, what they don't care about, that goes far beyond advertising and gets into product design, R&D. How do you actually steer the future of your company based on what your customers actually care about and actually do on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah. And I think that you know, looking forward at the future of the advertising industry, I'm actually, just from a purely personal point of view, really bullish about what this means because I get so much of my time wasted right now on advertisements that don't mean anything to me and just annoy me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if everything that was touching me from an ad point of view was something I actually cared about, I would be a much happier person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And pe people actually talk about Facebook advertising, for example, being one of their first experiences where they where they were like, "Whoa, I actually kind of like that stuff." You know? Yes, exactly. And like they'll actually engage with ads and, and not feel like it's as. Um, and obviously, you have folks that are into ad blockers and, and all that as well. But I think it's it's curious to see more and more of that. You know, five even I mean five never mind ten years ago, you just wouldn't have had the kind of retargeting dialed in off like product and offer specific targeting and like related products that you do today speaking a little bit to the future and as the last question that we'll go into today Josh which should be pretty short you talked about attribution you know what's really getting somebody to actually make the purchasing decision um, that is I mean isn't that just the pivotal problem you know uh, it, until it feels like man until we get sensors in people's heads and we know where to put them because right now we wouldn't. Like buying decision, unfortunately, doesn't have like a, a neural locus somewhere that we could just detect like electric activity and be like, ha, got them. Uh, th attribution is a very tough problem. You guys are working hard to crack that nut. In the next five years, what are the, what are the technology trends 
that are going to, on the aggregate, sort of shift us to be able to dial in what pulled the trigger. Not just who this person is and maybe what message we want to send them, but but what got them to pull the trigger. What, what are the what are the, the trends that will drive us to really no attribution? I think it's actually not no attribution, but rather attribution of every touch point and understanding that at an individual level. So if you think about attribution today, most people look at it as here's a formula or here's a way that these pieces work together, which I think is a very flawed concept because all of us as individuals have slightly different motivations and things that drive us. What we've been experimenting with and actually having some very good success with is some machine learning that we've built in conjunction with Microsoft around looking at each and every interaction that your brand has with an individual and based on the results of that interaction, what you post on social media, what you choose to do or not do from a next action within the next half hour, hour, refining what that actually means for your personal belief about that product and refining whether they choose to push to close a transaction with you, push to educate you more about a product or say, you know what, you're probably not interested and we shouldn't actually be bothering you anymore with this. So it's really not a single solution but course, it's a true yeah. individualized solution that would never have been possible before the age of AI. It, it, it's very interesting to me, and I, I'm curious to see if you see this analogy, where we're talking about pulling in as much information as we can and finding, again, like every touch point. You know, okay, banner ad seen, not clicked. Banner ad seen, not clicked. You know, Facebook advertising clicked to this landing page. And having a history pre-purchase of different people across different products, what a wild thing that is. It feels almost like in the algorithmic trading world where you now have hedge funds that are saying, all right, well, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with iron ore. We might as well track, you know, social in like these major geo regions for like these kind of sentiments. We're, we're trying to tease out what do we need to detect. And it sounds like advertising still... You guys are, are trying to push the curve on that, but advertising is now figuring out, you know, you mentioned social media, whatever. What do we need to kind of feel to know those attribution paths well? We're kind of like collecting as much as we can and seeing what, what actually gets us uh, answers. Yes, what actually drives real behavior. And that's, yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be an evolution. The yep. reality is as we go forward and more and more channels of information become available and we get better and better at aggregating all of that data to make both individual level decisions as well as group level decisions about across a segment, across a geography, across a group of people, what do people like and don't like about my products and what should I change about them? You're going to start to see a lot of blur in the industry, not just on how do I manage you know, the $90 billion that we spend on advertising right now for our clients, but how do they actually manage their entire company and their product direction based on what customers are reacting to and saying about them. So I'm incredibly bullish on the future yeah. of this. Well, time will tell, and I, I hope some of this makes it down to the small businesses and some of the startups who are probably tuned in here as well. Josh, thank you so much for your insights. Thank you. For the interview here at Tech Emergency. Well, that wraps up today's episode here on the Tech Emergency Podcast, and thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to stay in touch with our latest interviews with C-level executives and top researchers and thinkers in the domains of AI and the intersection of technology and intelligence, then make sure to subscribe here on iTunes or visit us on our main website at techemergence.com where you can see all of our interviews broken down by category as well as articles, news, market research, and trends in artificial intelligence. 
If you found this episode particularly thought-provoking, feel free to leave your thoughts in a review here on iTunes, or you can feel free to reach out to us at our main website. Thanks as always for tuning in, and I'll catch you next week.